0: It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring
2: me another bucket of balls. We love
0: it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Because I love it. We love it.
2: Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home. On the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G. And uh, we have a special edition of the Golf Insiders tonight on Thursday as we were preempted last night due to the Mikey Awards. And congratulations to all the winners. Great event there at Dubstred last night. And so some of you may get to hear the Golf Insiders for the first time. You can check us out at golfinsiders.com. Uh, Our podcast. You can go to Facebook, go to Twitter. We are all over the inside scoops in the golf world. And we've got a loaded show tonight, a lot going on in golf, including the inaugural senior U.S. Women's Open Championship that's happening out in the Windy City. And we're going to check in with. One of our favorite golf insiders from right here in Orlando to get things started tonight. Mr. Jeff Babineau, formerly with Golf Week and uh, one of our past presidents of the Golf Writers Association of America. Hello, Babs. How are you?
0: Hello, I'm doing good. Hello, Holly G. Happy
2: Thursday to you. Happy Thursday. It's a little different for us being on Thursday, but... uh, Big shout out to some folks who may be uh, wandering down the fairways I I-4 and catching us for the first time. So let's start off with a big win for Kevin Na at the Greenbrier on Sunday, winning by five shots for his second tour win since 2011. I've followed Kevin Na for a while. You got to love this guy. He's such a grinder, Babs.
0: Yeah, he's a good guy. You know, he, he caught a lot of heat if you remember a few years back with the players when he couldn't pull the trigger on his shots. So yeah, I
2: think he gained he was, a he gained yeah, a lot was, of fans then. We could all relate. I think
0: so. Yeah, I think so because you know, he, he also dealt with it. You know, he faced it and dealt with it and tried to become a a faster player. He's always been a solid player. He turned you know, uh, pro right out of high school, and it was a big win for Orlando's Kenny Harms on his bag. You know, caddy. He used to be used to uh, racking up those trophies with Hale Irwin and they haven't had so many trophies with Kevin Nas so it was a really good Sunday for both of them
2: yeah we watched some interaction with he and his caddy what was it a couple of weeks ago where uh, he Kevin was having trouble I think pulling a club and basically his yeah. caddy kind of stuck the club in his hand and seems like yeah. they have a good relationship and
0: they, maybe they a, they, yeah
2: maybe that's bringing really his game do. around.
0: They do have a good relationship, you know. He's one of those guys who lets his caddy caddy. I mean, it's he, it's always the player as the last word. But uh, Kenny Harms tried to talk him out of a real risky shot on the weekend at the Greenbrier, and Kevin uh, Nod just finally he just felt really good about hitting this 40-yard cut and he ended up pulling a, a hybrid out and taking a whack, and it turned out okay. But uh, Kenny all the way is heard on on the mics trying to talk him out of it. So. You know, really smart, good caddy. He's been out there almost 30 years, but that's that's huge. Uh, big win for Kevin Nye. You know, the last couple of Sundays have been kind of boring because two guys have played so well they took all the drama out.
2: That's right. But some good tournaments for those that were finishing close on the heels of Kevin. Kelly Kraft finishing second. Tell us a little bit about him. He's playing in the uh, field at the John Deere.
0: Yeah, I mean, another player, he was a runner-up when Jordan Spieth won the won at Pebble Beach uh, in 2017. Um, you know, former U.S. Amateur champion. He took down Patrick Cantlay. Uh, so he's been, been one of those solid guys. Played played his golf in Texas at uh, SMU and just a solid player. Um, so he's had a couple of that, that tied his career high, you know, a, a runner-up. And a runner-up out there can – you know, you can make some hay, you make some big jumps and, and move up that FedEx cup points list and uh it's important. It's tough to win. And when you don't win you gotta finish as high as you can. So that was a big week for Kelly.
2: And another uh big week for Brant Snedeker, uh who shot sixty four on Sunday and his game seems to be uh coming around. Of course, you know, he's fought a lot of injuries uh
0: recently. Right. Oh, he's always oh, a gritty guy, you know, really good guy, uh always oh, a good putter, you know, he has that pop putting stroke and he's trying to rebuild confidence, you know. He got hurt. He had uh he had some different injuries, I think ribs were in there and wrists and uh he uh you know, he's not one of the longer guys out there, so he's gonna have all things kinda of working to compete with these young guns and he's just trying to rebuild confidence, you know, he's a He's a guy who's played in Ryder Cups and on the biggest stages, and that's where he wants to be.
2: And Sam Saunders, of course, uh, the king, Arnold Palmer's uh, grandson, having a pretty good tournament as well. I I was hoping maybe we might see Sam on the top of the leaderboard.
0: Yeah, I was hoping he he finished a little better. He made a couple late bogeys that cost him a trip to the British Open. Uh, The top four finishers out of that tournament, where it was kind of a mini qualifier to hit over and play at Carnoustie at the British Open. Uh, that would have been pretty cool, you know, knowing the impact that his grandfather had in getting Americans to start going back to the British Open in the early 60s. And, you know, we look at it now, and you, you think nothing i have seen. I was looking down the list today, and there's so many American players. And, and I had to think about uh, the year when Ronald when Palmer went, I think, in 60 to St. Andrews. Uh, there was an American who had played on the weekend the previous week, so uh, the previous Open. So uh, that was big. I was hoping Sam got that, uh, but he, he still had a nice finish and hopefully bring a little momentum with him to the John Deere.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned the Open Championship, hard to believe, right around the corner from the third major and uh, yeah. we're going to get to see some great golf over at Carnoustie. Give our listeners a little uh, preview of what we can expect over there.
0: Well, I think Carnoustie's kind of the, the brute in the in the rota over there. Uh, it's just really tough, a lot of bunkering. Uh, that's where we had, you know, you think of Carnoustie, you think of John uh standing in the burn up to his knees in water, you know. The, Vanderveld. uh, the, the, the Vandervelde. The de It became a verb. That week, uh, that's right. And it wrapped up. I never, I never forget that. I wasn't writing the, the game story. I was working with Golf Week, and I forgot what I can't even remember who I would be writing about that week. But I pretty much had my reporting done and the notebook closed, and a lot of people did. And we're just waiting for Vanderbilt to kind of finish it up and sign his card and, and hold that jug in the air, and uh, everything broke loose. And all of a sudden, you know, Justin Leonard went from a bogey in the last hole to trying to get ready for a playoff. You know, Paul Laurie played great that day, shot 67. But there wasn't a single person in that press room who wrote a word about Paul Laurie all week. And, and you know, within an hour, he was your Open champion. So I think that's the most shocking Open I've, I ever went to. And, and Carnoustie is such a tough golf course, you can have finishes like that.
2: We're talking to Jeff Babineau, who many know, live right here in the Orlando area and formerly with Golf Week, now writing for the morning read amongst other great golf Publications out there and blogs, uh, Jeff. Tell us who you've got your eye on, uh, eyes on. Little little early uh, picks here. Who you think um, may may be people to watch at Carnoustie?
0: Well, I mean, I think one thing that Carnoustie does, if you get firm and fast conditions or any any open venue, really, it kind of brings in the medium length guys more than some of these other championships might. You know, I mean, we've seen some some big boys winning the last couple of years. years with Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka getting a couple opens and you know, Justin Thomas is a bomber. But I think when you go to the open and, and it's fast, uh, you can bring in a you know, Matt Kuchar who gave a great run last year uh, to Jordan Spieth, the Royal Birkdale or Zach Johnson who won at St. Andrews and, and had a nice finish again last year. You know, these guys that aren't the longest guys, but, they're smart, they don't beat themselves, they don't give away shots, and they kind of hang around and, and so much of the open is the draw right you're going to be early late or late early, and you can get on the wrong side of the draw and your chances are done you know, by dinner time on friday so it's so much there is due to the elements and, and so much of that goes on the crowd is great, uh, the atmosphere is great i just, it's, I love that championship it's terrific
2: well um, we we really got a little sneak peek of those kinds of conditions at Shinnecock this year, didn't we? Yeah,
0: yeah we did in a lot of ways. We really did. Uh, I mean, over at the Open, they, they kind of have to plan for wind. You always get it. Uh, it's going to come whipping up off that fourth there, and, and uh, you know, these guys are going to be dealing with it. So, and like I said, I think Carnoustie is the toughest of them all, so it's going to be uh, – it's going to be interesting to watch for sure. It's, it's You're going to have to work awfully hard there, and you're going to see a winner that's not going to get double digits under par unless the wind doesn't blow. And you get
2: to have a little espresso and a, and a good Danish or a donut while you're watching early morning golf. That's what I love that's the right. most. Right, a little
0: toasty, put a little, little ham and cheese toasty over there. <laughs>
2: that's right.
0: And uh, iron brew, and off you go.
2: Hey, the other uh, probably big news And you wrote a little something about it today is the new schedule being announced by the PGA tour for the 2018, 2019 season. Uh, Can you break that down for us?
0: Yeah. I mean, the tour finally came out with its new schedule. It's been working hard to get it. Um, We're going to go. I mean, the amazing thing to me was that our our season now is going to end in August 25th. I mean, I, I thought they might have some monster Monday finish, Labor Day, but I mean, they are completely getting out of the way of that almighty football. And uh, so, you know, so that means the schedule kind of gets condensed a little bit. You know, some moves that we've known are coming. were finally finally uh, confirmed in print. You know, the players goes back to March. Now we have a full Florida swing again for events. Uh, the PGA is going to go to May. I was skeptical of that at first, but the, the PGA's done a nice job of selling me on Uh, The fact that they're going to get their messaging out early, it's going to be good for them to be played in May. It's going to open up different places where they could play a PGA championship, you know, maybe a Texas or Arizona or or maybe even a Florida. Who knows? I mean, places that we haven't really thought of with that, you know, August date. So those are the big things. The playoffs go to four events, the three. Uh, so there'll be a big jump between the first and second weeks. We'll lose a lot of guys.
2: And we're back to but a Florida um,
0: swing, a real Florida swing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and actually, I think Florida might take a brunt of, of maybe the downside of this because you're going to have so many good events now closer together. Uh, where's Tiger going to play? I mean, if he gets in the WGCs again, you know, he played at Innisbrook this year and he played great. He's an eight-time winner at Bay Hill and he plays in his backyard at, uh, in Palm Beach at the Honda, but there's a good chance if he's back in the WGCs, he might miss two out of those three events. So you got to think he wouldn't miss uh, Bay Hill here in our backyard being an eight-time winner. But it's going to be interesting to see how it falls out for him. There's a lot of good events strung in a real small window.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a very, very exciting. And uh, as we let you go, who, Jeff, are you picking for the John Deere this weekend?
0: Well, it's always tough to to stay away from old Zach Johnson. He's a good, but I but I'll take uh, I'll tell you what I'll take Chris Kirk. Chris Kirk, the winner, Ooh. the winner this week to uh, you know get a little momentum heading over across the pond.
2: All right, I like that pick. Thank you, Babs. Always great to talk to you, Jeff Babineau, You're of to the Golf Insiders, ninety six nine, the game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us.
0: An impact, actually, uh, we sank uh, three hundred. And hit me in the back of the head
1: I can't believe I'm into this I really hate to lose asking forgiveness got the strugglers
0: blue.
2: we're back, the Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G normally on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 but we're here tonight, Thursday night, so some of you may be listening to us for the first time, we hope you're having a safe drive on the fairways of I-4. And uh, we've got a lot of golf talk tonight. We've got uh, the upcoming John Deere Tournament as well as the inaugural U.S. Women's Senior Open Championship. Lots to talk about as well as uh, the Champions Tour and some changes in the PGA Tour. So now we're going to bring in one of our favorite golf insiders, formerly with the Orlando Sentinel, Jeff Shane with the Tour.com and Pro Golf Weekly, as well as a contributor to the Golf Insiders blog. Hey, Jeff. How you doing, Holly? Doing well. Doing well. In fact, uh, your blog and the inside take at TheGolfInsiders.com is all about the inaugural U.S. Women's Senior Open Championship. It's about time, isn't it?
1: <laughs> as I said... It's not a question of whether it was overdue just by how much. And I'm glad that uh, a lot of the stars that helped carry that tour in the 70s and 80s and 90s are at least getting a chance to play in the first one of these. Uh, You know, (laughs) this is... um, Joanne Carner is 79 years old. Probably could have dominated this 20 years ago, but at least she gets to, to she hit the first tee shot today, and it was good to see uh, her have that opportunity to to participate in the inaugural U.S. Senior Women's Open.
2: Well, we're going to talk to one of the players later on in the program. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, the John Deere that uh, is in progress right now. Um, I'm not sure if you have an update on who's leading the tournament, but, um, right there in the Midwest in good old Illinois, one of the staples of the PGA tour and, uh, a tournament that with the new PGA schedule that's been announced, uh, now is going to create sort of a Midwest swing. There are two new events in Michigan and Minnesota that they're adding. Great to see a PGA tour event back in, uh, the, in Detroit. Uh, in the Motor City, but that's going to uh, make for an interesting little run there next year.
1: Yeah, it really is, and uh, it's interesting that the kind of the two weeks that were most affected uh, were the weeks in between the two opens. And I think that's a it's a difficult time for players because you've got to figure out how you're going to prepare for a major or get into the uh, Open Championship, that type of thing, and. and Uh, It didn't work that well in D.C. I I think you're going to get great crowds. I mean, Michigan's a great golf state. Minnesota's a great golf state. And um, I I think that uh, you're right. It's now kind of become a Midwest swing, and and that's going to make it really interesting. And uh, uh, if you're looking for a leaderboard, Steve Wheatcroft has had a 62 on the leaderboard for a long time out at TPC Deer Run today.
2: So, uh tell us about the field uh pretty you know some good players in in last week's greenbrier an, another tournament that's very community based uh where they you know really get behind the tournament and so is the john
1: deere uh, absolutely and and it's one of those where uh if you have uh played it uh you tend to come back. Uh, the only question is if you're kind of contending for a major championship. It, it was it was nice to see Jordan Spieth play this event for a long time, but. He's got uh, a, a, a claret jug to defend, so he decided not to make that trip uh, the last couple years. But Zach Johnson, you know, there's a name uh, who is an open champion, uh, and a two-time major champion, that does play the John Deere, loves the John Deere so much that he serves on the board of directors and has finished in the top ten nine years, so you almost always get a good performance out of him. Steve Stricker is skipping a senior major this week so that he can play once again at the John Deere, and and we've got guys like Bryson DeChambeau, Francesco Molinari, who won just two weeks ago at the Quicken Loans National. Uh, He was out and playing uh, very well last I checked uh, about an hour ago, so it does have some some decent names. It it may not have the the cream of the crop, but some very... um, familiar names that we get at the John Deere.
2: And as you were just uh, mentioning, another major for the senior uh, players on the Champions Tour, the Constellation senior players also being played in Illinois, correct?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of an interesting week because uh, they've, uh, we've got uh, the the two the, the senior women's open uh, at Chicago Golf Club, not that far away in Highland Park, Illinois. Is the senior uh, players championship? Uh, they had the, uh, the the KMPG Women's PGA Championship out at Kemper Lakes a few weeks ago. Uh, it's been a really great month or six weeks for for golf out in Chicago. Uh, it, you know, I, I suppose uh, you and I probably should have uh, kept a second base there for the summer, huh?
2: Well, I think we should have um, put the media day on our calendar because what an opportunity <laughs> to play! You know, one of the one of the best, most private uh, tracks in the country, Chicago Golf Club. That's for sure.
1: And and no, don't forget, a founding member, one of the five founding members of the USGA. Uh, they and Shinnecock Hills are the ones that are still a little bit uh, uh, prominent in hosting major championships. Uh, the country club uh, in Boston's one, Newport Country Club. And I always forget the fit. But it's it's uh, in upstate New York, but you probably know. Uh, would that
2: be Oak Hill Country Club?
1: I don't think it was okay. I think it, it's always kind of the least known. But uh Well, you've stumped you've stumped the host.
2: Well, <laughs> not, not well, easy to we'll do. we will get a text
1: now. Uh, somebody will text it in. Somebody yeah. will google it and text Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The Goff Insider's <laughs> right now. Uh, tweet me.
2: Uh speaking of getting a lot of attention and uh, creating a uh, wildfire on Twitter, uh Tiger and Phil a potential 10 million dollar match announced earlier in the week.
1: That's that's a a match that needed to be made 12 years ago, honestly. <laughs> I think it uh and 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 I think some of the people that I've talked to kind of in my circle are kind of the same way is uh, we would have we would have paid pay per view money to watch this back in 2006 when uh, you know Tiger was winning you know every other major and Phil was on a great run, but now it it's almost past its freshness point to some people and you know these are two guys that are not at the top of their game anymore. They've combined for exactly one PGA Tour win in the last four and a half years, and even though they're the biggest needle movers they're not the best golfers anymore so what kind of golfer we would we get out of this kind of matchup and and here's something that got thrown out to me too are they even the best golfers above age 40 right now should the winner of this play steve stricker Ooh, ooh, good question
2: I tell you what, I would like to see them put their own moolah on the line. Forget, you know, well, poning up another $10 million. Let's see them put their moolah on the line. Now that would yeah, be exciting. Sponsor,
1: sponsor money just just doesn't get it. Yeah, put their own money up or or create something that that makes it you know, make makes it a little different, you know, you know, pay for the other kids' college tuition or or steal a, you know, an old WWE you know, situation, you know, loser leaves town. I don't know, something. <laughs> I, I agree.
2: So uh, wrapping it up here, Jeff, who is your pick for the John
1: Deere this weekend? Boy, it's kind of a wide open field, but I, I was I, I remain impressed with what Francesco Molinari has done and, and uh, didn't look like he cooled off a heck of a lot. So uh, he's the guy that that I am probably looking at the most right now, um, and uh, i 'm focusing a lot you know on that Scottish open too, because uh you know I think it 's seven of the last nine winners or something the scottish open uh, the seven of the last nine winners have played the Scottish Open ahead of the open championship so don't uh, don 't tune that one out and it 's great early morning watching i'm having i'm having a very good early morning television run right now between Wimbledon and scottish open
2: yeah it 's going to be a fun jam packed weekend of golf as always thank you jeff shane you can check out all his stories at pgatour.com and pro golf weekly you're listening to the golf insiders 96.9 the game more golf talk please stay with us we'll be right back
1: those nuts away from you jake that's just the way it is don't play in pebble won't pay the price i love my muni i think it's nice Swing in the house, drives my wife
2: up the wall. We're back. The Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, on a Thursday night. So some of you may be listening to us for the first time, as our normal scheduled night is Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. So check us out on Wednesday, and we appreciate you being here this evening. We are going to waste no more time. We are... uh, on the, the evening, the, the first round of the inaugural U.S. Senior Women's Open Championship, and we're going to go live to the press room. Uh, this is so exciting to senior writer for Golf Week, one of the best female reporters in our business, Beth Ann Nichols, to give us a live update on this big event for women's golf. Hi, Beth. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm sure you've had a busy day. I know it started out with uh, some big fanfare as they hit the first first tee shots this morning. I know, unfortunately, uh, Nancy Lopez not able to play in the inaugural event because of knee surgery, but I know she was there and in true Nancy style, a little emotional about
3: this uh, first <laughs> event. Tell us how, how it all started. She was. She uh, was wiping tears walking to the podium. She's serving as the uh, honorary starter this week. So a lot of hugs on the first tee box. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Joanne Joanne Carner, big mama, age 79, uh, struck the first tee ball, hit a a beauty down the middle. Uh, She played alongside uh, Sandra Palmer and Hollis Stacy. And, you know, fans here at Chicago Golf Club can walk right down the center of the fairways. They're encouraged to. And it just has a, a wonderful, intimate feel here, where you can just get up close to uh, some of the, you know, the game's biggest names, you know, legendary players who really know how to put on a show, and and see this, you know, amazing golf club, it's the first 18-hole course in America that you know, you know, most people <laughs> never get a chance to see. So, um, so it's just been such a treat, and and of course Joanne actually. Uh, amazingly birdied her final hole to shoot her age today. Gotta love that. Gotta love, love it. that. Ha- hasn't walked 18 holes on a golf course since 2004 uh, prior to this week, and she walked 18 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday.
2: <laughs> yeah, and if anybody knows, Chicago can be pretty toasty uh, this time of year, so uh, I- I'm sure uh, that-, that was a feat, to say the least.
3: Yeah, indeed it was. Inspiring.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm looking at this leaderboard and I'm seeing a lot of names I remember when I was at the LPGA, including Lisa Lot Neumann, who shot minus two and is in second place. Elaine Crosby is top of the leaderboard, minus three. Laura Davies, who we we saw recently, still competes in some LPGA events uh, at minus two. And Trish Johnson, a great player, also from the UK, shooting minus two. And then... Julie Inkster, who we know uh, we've seen on uh, Fox Sports, doing some commentating of the U.S. Women's Open as well as still playing and competing. You know, she's tough as nails. Still on the LPGA Tour, so we've got some great players here on the leaderboard.
3: Oh, it's, it's a fabulous leaderboard. You know, Laura Davies uh, eagled the last hole to get to 2-under, to, to par 5, reachable par 5. Uh, Helen Alfredson started out great today as well. You know, it's just it's so much fun. It's like a, you know, a retro event, <laughs> you know, seeing, seeing uh, you know, these icons at the, at the top of the board. And, and Trish Johnson won the inaugural senior LPGA championship at French Lick. So uh, she's looking to, uh, to, to be, to win the two inaugural inaugural senior women's majors, which, which would be pretty cool.
2: That sure would be. Um, uh, a few other names of note that are in the field. Uh, who have, you know, become um, huge movers and shakers for women's golf. Of course, Susie Whaley, who is the incoming president of the PGA of America. I mean, that is uh, that is that's big stuff for for women's women's golf. No doubt about it. You've got Jane Geddes, who recently uh, became the uh, CEO of the executive women's golf association which now has merged uh, and become uh, the LPGA amateur association, right?
3: Yeah. And she has um Megan Franchella on the bag, a former LPGA winner who works who now is retired from the tour and works alongside her um at that organization. So um so yeah they've had a, a face lift now. Um you know you don't have to be uh, a businesswoman necessarily to uh, to belong to the organization, of opening it up to to everyone. Um, so a lot of changes taking place there. Susie Whaley shot four over par today, which I think is a is a is a tremendous start for someone who you know like many of these players you know don't get to play in a whole lot of competition. Um, and so Kay Cockrell won over today. She's talked a lot about um, battling the nerves and actually finishing putts because a lot of the golf you know that they play now is is casual fun happy golf where you just say pick it up that's good that's right (laughs) and now they got to hold those 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 three footers and and the greens here are are tough and and you get a lot of of rollout on your after your first putt and and you got to make a lot of comebackers so um so it's been a real a real treat to to watch them to watch them grind and and you know for some of them, they have it Kay's last competitive tournament was
2: 1997. So, so it's just a lot back of in rust my, knocking off. Back in my day, I I can appreciate you know having to make those putts uh, for money when you've been used to you know just having some fun fun uh, weekend rounds with friends. Uh, Kay, as we know, has gone on to you know be a successful broadcaster for uh, the Golf Channel. So we're seeing so many of these women. Uh, who have gotten involved in the business of golf and really helping to grow the game. I think that's what's so impressive and, and how we're seeing, you know, the game expand through their
3: efforts. Absolutely. You know, I, I as someone who's made a career in the industry, uh, this has been one of my top days and in, in in all of my, all the events that I've covered, just for that simple fact I mean watching uh watching legends people who built the LPGA into what it is today and then people who as you say continue to um to build the industry especially in the arena of women's box um you know I personally owe a lot to these players and it's such a treat to watch them compete um for for a title that's long overdue we're talking with Beth Ann
2: Nichols, senior writer from Golf Week magazine, located right here in Orlando. Some other news that broke uh, regarding the LPGA Tour, Beth, is that Aon announced its first first of a kind season long golf competition in partnership with the PGA Tour, in which they're um, they're they're mat are they matching the purse? Tell, tell me about that.
3: Yeah, they're playing for an extra an extra million. Um, it's it's interesting. I think anytime that the LPGA um, can can be involved in something that's similar with the PGA Tour and get an equal payout, and that they're playing a season long competition, like you said, but 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 it's an equal prize. It's a million dollars to both winners uh, from the men's side and the women's side. So um, so it's it's a it's a fun deal, and um, and I you know of course. Of course, I'm, I'm waiting for the, um, the LPGA PGA Tour uh, event to, come, to finally come to fruition, a uh, team event that, uh, or, or something where they play alongside. That's what we really want to see. Um, but, the, but these are the types of steps that um, are moving, moving the women in the right direction.
2: Yeah, well, there used to be, um, you know, in the early 90s, the JCPenney Classic, which was played at Innisbrook, Uh, in -hmm. which it was a, you know, it was a a PGA and LPGA event. And it was such a popular event, one of the, you know, fun end-of-the-year tournaments. And I I really hope that Mike Wan brings that one back because it it was a fan favorite, I think.
3: Oh, absolutely. It was the first LPGA event I went to um, as a kid and and watched Kelly Keeney and Tiger Woods play together and, and Laura Davies and John Daly and, and Beth Daniel. And, and, uh, actually it was kind of funny, but Daniel and Davis was a third, if I that thought. But when I was standing on the tee watching, um, Donna Andrews and Chris Cheddar tee off this morning, I was thinking back to that tournament and watching them play there, um, you know, back in the nineties. And, and it was just a cool flashback moment for me. And, and I totally agree. I absolutely love that event. And, and I think with so many of today's PGA Tour stars having played on the LPGA, or excuse me, played on the AJGA alongside so many of the top um, LPGA stars and Canon Cups and um, and PGA Tour, you know, Junior Rider Cup, PGA of America Junior Rider Cups. I mean, those those types of events that bring um, young players together. That when they when they you know get to become professionals, I think it's a, it's a natural thing uh, to bring them back together, and I think they would embrace it.
2: Yeah, and, you know, they have such, such uh, close relationships, as you say, come from, you know, the collegiate ranks, and I think it was at Pinehurst when they played the back-to-back opens that some of the guys even shared their, uh, you know, their tour books with the LPGA players and, you know, gave them some, of, uh, some tips, you know, in terms of how to play the course.
3: Yeah, you know, a lot of them, um, you know, live down in Jupiter in South Florida, and they and they play golf together, um, you know, in the off weeks and during the off season, and um, and and yeah, they they talk about venues. Danielle Kang, I know, um, whenever the the a women's major goes to a um, goes to a place where the men have played, she she usually reaches out to someone who's played on the PGA Tour, the Web.com Tour, or someone who's played college golf with their brother, and, and, and get some tips, too. Well,
2: it's going to be a fun weekend. I know that the live coverage is on Fox Saturday and Sunday for the inaugural U.S. Senior Women's Open. Who are you picking, Beth Ann Nichols, to uh, win the inaugural trophy?
3: Wow. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see. Laura Davies, get it done. I think that would be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Um, so she's my pick.
2: Awesome. I love it. Well, thanks so much. We know you're super busy. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Beth Ann Nichols from Golf Week. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. We will be right back.
0: Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf, and then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want
1: my dream Yeah, yeah, really not so lean mean.
2: We're back, the I Golf Insiders, right. wrapping up an hour of intelligent right. golf talk in the house. Holly G and... This is a special edition of the Golf Insiders on Thursday night. Tune in next week at our regular time, which is Wednesday from 6 to 7. And we appreciate all of you listening this evening. You can check us out at thegolfinsiders.com. You can check us out at Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we bring you all the latest on what's going on in the world of golf. And this week and weekend, what we're really Excited about, especially in the world of women's golf, is the inaugural U.S. Women's Senior Open Championship, which is being played in Chicago at the beautiful Chicago Golf Club. And it's my pleasure to uh, introduce my next guest, who not only happens to be a friend, but she is a four-time major champion of the lpga won 18 lpga events was inducted into the world golf hall of fame in 2012 actually attended rollins college in winter park and is a part-time resident of sarasota it is my pleasure to have Hollis stacy join us on the golf insiders hello my friend hi holly how are you i
4: am great but
2: what i want to know is how did it go on the course today
4: well, I had a respectable round today. It was a little iffy in spots. It's a really beautiful golf course, but it's really hard. So um, I shot four over and a par 73, and um looks like it's 28th place. Yeah, minus, minus three
2: is uh, the top of the board right now right, with Elaine right, Crosby. Crosby.
4: Yeah, so, you know, I know they don't give trophies the first day, so I have to, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and, and get going. But it was really a terrific start. We had uh, Joanne Carney the first ball out. You know, she's just hysterical. Yeah, we were
2: and, talking with uh, Beth Ann Nichols earlier from golf. Oh Week. yeah,
4: it was it was great. You know, we had a and then Sandra Palmer played with us. But before that, we had a raising of the flag, the USJ flag, and. And, uh, we had a beautiful rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. And it was just, I know her first name, Heather, but you know, I couldn't remember her last name because I was, you know. So caught up, up in off. the moment, I bet. Oh, uh, it was just, it was the first time I had a tear in my eye before I peed off. But it was, <laughs> it was quite, quite a, um, quite a feat. And it was great to be in the first group to send off. The U.S. Senior Women's Open, so it was it was fun.
2: So, well, talk about give uh, our listeners some perspective because you know I, I was sharing in our last segment how a, a lot of the women that are playing in this tournament, um, certainly you know former LPGA players, and a number of those LPGA players now are in key. Roles in the golf industry and really are oh, move, yeah. moving the needle oh, yeah. in terms of growing the game. Oh, yeah. You know, Susie yeah. Whaley, who's the incoming president of the PGA, I mean, you right. don't get any bigger than that in terms of no. getting to the top of no. of your no. game in the industry and pushing the needle for women.
4: Right. You know, Susie's been doing a great job at, um, uh, well, actually, the PGA Tour is brilliant because they realize that the fact growing... Um, population in golf are women. And every, every organization is coming up with ways to keep people in the game. You know, it's gotten very expensive. And, and, you know, golf is not just 18 holes. It's nine holes. It's putting. It's chipping. You know, and it's just basically hanging out at a club. And, and you know, golf is a very social game, it's something you can do the rest of your life. Or your whole life, and you know it's a it's a it's a way to be around people i mean if you're playing golf, you're not alone so you're you're going to the pro shop you're talking to somebody you're buying a golf ball or two or three, and then you're going to the starter you mean you're always talking to someone so so i I like pushing golf for women as a way to just socialize ask to you know buy the expensive club or the golf ball? It's just just hang out. You can chip and putt, and then you know go hang out in the clubhouse and have a nice tea or a cocktail with your friends. So you know it's it's great, you know. And then Jane Geddes with the uh, with the new not executive women's golf.
2: Right. It's the L P J Amateur Association now. Which the
4: L P J Amateur Association. Awesome
2: partnership so that's going to help awesome. grow the game. Yep. It's
4: awesome. So.
1: And
2: we've oh, got we Topgolf now. Have you had a chance to go play to Topgolf, Alice? Oh, yeah, I have. It's great. How so, much fun uh, is that?
4: Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy.
2: But ex- it's And now share fun. with me, though, you know, I know for a, a, you know, somebody like yourself, you know, I don't know how much you're still competing. If you're, you know, of course, there's the Legends Tour, which Jane Blaylock right. has been championing now for, what, a right. decade. Right. and And hats off to her. She... Really has been the one that's created some ongoing competitive events. We we used to have one at the Villages up the road here for quite a quite a few years. Uh, but you know, what's it like to get back into a competitive mindset?
4: There's some, that's a lot of well, pressure. You know, it's well being competitive and jumping on the golf course like Chicago Golf Course is kind of like it's, yeah,
2: the, the Chicago
4: you're, Golf Club. Yeah, you're, 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 you're jumping into an inferno, not just in a fire, but it, it is um, extremely tough, and the greens are very, 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 very tough. So it's, there is quite, um, you could drive the ball well so that you can hit your second shot in the right spot. Unfortunately, I found a few wrong spots today, so, but um, it's, how is it? It's great, you know, it's, you get nervous, it's great. I worked hard the last few months to try to... I tell all my friends I don't want to make a fool of myself, so I'm practicing. Right. So, and the best part is my little sister qualified. So Martha Leach, it, she finished plus five, and of course she's not happy with that. But um, she's, uh, you know, she's worked really hard. She won the Mid-Am up uh, in mid-Florida. And she won that in two thousand and eight. So um she's a really good player. So I was real happy that she qualified for that.
2: That's awesome. I happen to see a picture of the two of you at your press conference. So um we've got a minute to wrap this up, Hollis. Um, who who are uh, of course, we're hoping that you have three fantastic right. rounds and you're ho- hoisting right. that silver. Who do you think's your uh, toughest you know,
4: competitor you know, out there right now? Is it Inkster? I have to tell you. Realistically, if I finish in the top 10, 10, I'll be thrilled. But who's playing well right now? Trish Johnson and Lisa Lettenheiman. Lisa Lloyd, who's so a, who a former have. U.S. Open champ. Well, I like, I mean, those, this looks like a Lynx golf course. And Trish is playing awfully well right now. She plays all over the world.
2: Well, we'll keep our eyes on the Brits, and we'll keep our eyes on you, Hollis. Thank you so much, the Gulf Insiders. Right, Holly. We're Thanks out of here. Good you. luck. We'll be back all Wednesday, right. 6 to 7. Bye-bye.